I didn't think about a performance. I didn't think about keeping a clean sheet. I didn't think we need to win this game because we're going for the league. I literally concentrated with all my focus and all my energy on each thing that I had to do. And I did it as well as I could. And I knew that if I used that process and that mindset, whatever happened, whether we won the league or we didn't win the league, I could look back and go, I gave absolutely everything. And I did it as well as I possibly could because I wasn't distracted and I wasn't focused on anything else. Hello, Keepers, and welcome to a new episode of the Gloves On podcast. We're your host, Alexander Brams, and as always, is Marcus Sundin beside me. And today, we are welcoming back Connor O'Keefe. Welcome, Connor. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's, it's good to be back. We are happy that you wanted to be back, because last time we had a brilliant episode with you talking about the, the path to pro and how you did it through an unusual way, if you could say that, compared mm. to other pros. So... Today we want to talk more about this and and further on listen to your story. So, mm. so how have you been the past? What is it? Six, eight months? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like everyone, it's been quite an interesting six to eight months. I think the first time that we spoke, it was in uh, March, April time, uh, the first lockdown that we kind of all experienced. And since then, personally, it's been quite an interesting half a year. Um, headed out to Sweden to play in, in the Swedish fourth tier for the ending of the 2020 season um, before kind of heading back home for Christmas and, and things like that. But as with everyone, I think this year has been up and down to say the least. So it's, it's been, um, it's been an interesting year, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. And there's been a lot kind of a lot of development on the football side as well, which is important. Yeah, that is very important. And you have been, I'm going to say it, and a lot of people agree, you've been an inspiration for many keepers out there during this lockdown. And thank you. You've put up so many good episodes. If you guys don't know it, it's Keeping Goals, a vlog series on YouTube by the man himself, Connor and Keith. So, talking about since last time we spoke to now, last time you were looking for a team, and mm. then you, you trained hard, and during lockdown, you trained hard and you shared your knowledge of how mm. you could work at home mm. and prepare yourself for a season. Then you ended up signing for a team in Sweden. Can you talk us through the, the process of getting ready for coming into a team and actually going in halfway through a season? Yeah, exactly. I, I think, like you said, that when we last spoke, I, I didn't have a club at that point. Um, I think football had stopped in the UK. It stopped in lots of other countries. Um, we were all training from home in different forms in, in terms of trying to maintain our goalkeeping and, and keep our work going. I know you two were exactly the same. Um, and it was a difficult time because I don't think anyone really had any idea what was going to happen. For me, I just finished playing in Gibraltar with a team called uh, FC Bruno's Magpies. The season had been suspended and, and ultimately cancelled. So I was out of contract and I didn't really know where my next footballing opportunity was going to come from. Um, the way I approached lockdown, and I think we talked about it in the last episode, was I saw it as kind of a very unique opportunity and probably the first time in all our lives that every goalkeeper from David De Gea down to Sunday League was in broadly a similar position at home, not able to link up with teammates. And it provided a very good opportunity in my eyes to really 
continue development when others may stop or even go backwards in terms of their goalkeeping. So throughout, uh, throughout lockdown, as you said, like on, on keeping goals on the vlog that I do on YouTube, I kind of documented all the training that I was doing from home. I was trying to help other goalkeepers too, in terms of the videos that we were bringing out, but I was training mostly twice a day with, uh, within lockdown, physical sessions, technical sessions, kind of mental training sessions, because I knew that if an opportunity to play did come, I'd have to be ready for it. And like you say, a lot of the time I also spent trying to find a team and trying to organize where I'd be playing my football next. Um, so I looked across in terms of the different leagues, the different countries. I'd had the experience of playing abroad in Spain and Gibraltar. And, and I was trying to find somewhere that was still playing football. And Sweden itself, although it had initially had a bit of a suspension in terms of the league, because the season was slightly different starting in March, finishing in October, November, and the way that the kind of Swedish government had approached the coronavirus pandemic, the football season was still ongoing in Sweden. So I reached out to a lot of different clubs, a lot of agents, a lot of kind of past teammates and players that I knew that had played in Sweden, inquiring if there was any opportunity in order to go there myself and play. I got a response um, from a club called PTRIF, who at the time were in the fourth tier of Swedish football division two. Um, and they got back to me saying that they'd had some injuries with their goalkeepers. They were looking for another goalkeeper and they were interested in me coming over and being part of the team. So after quite a short period of time in terms of sorting out contracts and sorting out travel and everything like that, I eventually flew over in the July. And as you said, in the summer, normally that would be off season if you were playing in the UK, but in Sweden, that's bang in the middle of the season. So I think I had one friendly game and it was straight into the league matches. And we had 11 matches from that point until the end of the season. Um, we ended up winning, uh, I think, eight of those matches, kept eight clean sheets, ended up winning the league and getting promotion up to the third tier or division one or Etan in Sweden. So it was a very kind of whistle stop tour in terms of getting to Sweden, but the work that I put in in lockdown meant that as soon as I got there, I was ready to kind of play and compete at probably the best level that I'd been at in my career so far and have one of my most successful seasons as a team. So it was a, it was kind of didn't see it coming, but thoroughly enjoyed it once I got there and, uh, and it was an amazing club and I've actually re-signed now to continue with Petia for the 2021 season. That is a, a brilliant story. And just for the listeners out there, take note that even though times, times might be dark, hard work still pays off and, and you have to keep going, even though it looks tough. And I think I'm in a situation like that right now where mm. it's, it might look a little bit dark, but that's not going to stop me from working and learning and putting in multiple sessions a day and, talking with knowledgeable guys like you and because Connor is a, is a modest guy he, he forgot to mention that he also got goalkeeper of the year in the Swedish fourth division uh, so congratulations on that and thank you mate and talking about how you did that and you even posted something on your on your vlog series about can we handle the pressure because you were in the top mm. of the league mm. and but you have to stay at the top of the league and stay, mm. stay at the top of your game both as a both individually, but also as a team. Mm. So how did you handle the pressure from, 
from everyone, from your own team, the coaches, the board, the, mm. the other teams coming in. And you were always, I assume that you were always the, what do you say? Not the underdog, but the top dog, mm. what, uh, yeah. the favorites. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think um, it's quite interesting because I think it's, it shows the development of me as an individual and as a footballer, because I know that looking back, if that season had happened at a different time, I might not have handled it quite as well. And that says a lot for obviously experience and developing as a goalkeeper and as a person. And you both will, will understand that too. You're always learning, you're always growing. Um, I think in terms of the pressure, initially we were in quite an in interesting situation because the season had been delayed in starting. They ended up only playing um, one round of fixtures instead of two. So instead of 26 games, the league was halved, so we only had to play 13 games. So automatically, that makes it a lot more open in terms of who might win the league. We knew that in terms of favourites, we weren't the favourites. In fact, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people had written us off and said that we'd finished now down near the bottom of the league. Once I came in, I think when we saw the team that we had, when we kind of got settled, it was uh, a couple of... British guys, a couple of foreigners, but mainly Swedish lads. And once we had a settled 11, we kind of realized that we had a very, very strong team, especially defensively. Um, we kept so many clean sheets throughout the season because it's probably the first team that I've been in in my career where I know it's a cliche, but every single player from me to the center forward gave as much effort in defending as we did in attacking, which put us in a position where we weren't the biggest club we didn't have the biggest budget. We didn't have necessarily the best players on paper, but we ended up competing with and beating all those teams because we had such a strong squad. You then get to the point, like you say, um, of being up at the top of the league with five games to go, four games to go, three games to go, and, and a lot of pressure starts to come on, especially when you know that other teams are chasing, they're winning games, they're waiting for you to slip up. And from a personal point of view first and a personal perspective, the way that I approached that was the way that I'd approached the whole season. And it was a bit of a change on what I'd done previously as a goalkeeper, but I really strongly focused on every single action one at a time with my complete focus and doing it to the best of my ability. And I know that sounds very kind of um, motivational and, and not applicable, but if you really break it down, it's a, it's a mindset which you can take into your everyday life. So, for example, in a week, I wouldn't read the papers. I wouldn't kind of read what people were saying. It was a big game or we were under pressure. I wouldn't look at it. If I had a gym session to do, I would go to that gym session and I would focus 100% of my mentality on doing that gym session as well as I possibly could. Then if I had to have my lunch, I'd focus completely on having my lunch. And it translated in the same way when I was training, when, when I was playing games. As soon as I crossed the white line to enter the pitch to play a match, I would concentrate on my first touch as soon as I got that ball. I'd concentrate on that pass. I'd concentrate on the cross that I needed to take or my positioning and the save I needed to make. I didn't think about the result. I didn't think about a performance. I didn't think about keeping a clean sheet. I didn't think we need to win this game because we're going for the league. I literally concentrated with all my focus and all my energy on each thing that I had to do. And I did it as well as I could. And I knew that if I 
use that process and that mindset, whatever happened, whether we won the league or we didn't win the league, I could look back and go, I gave absolutely everything. And I did it as well as I possibly could because I wasn't distracted and I wasn't focused on anything else. So it sounds, it sounds abstract, but it's actually quite an interesting shift. And, and I've been doing a lot of kind of reading about it because it was a mindset that I had to look at. And there's a lot of talks on, on YouTube about uh, a kind of philosophy and a, a philosophical approach called stoicism. And that's pretty much what it is all about. It's on concentrating on what you have to do at that moment and only the things that are in your control. Because if you worry or stress, we know as goalkeepers about things that are outside your control, our job's hard enough as it is. So just concentrate on your job with each action one at a time to the best of your ability. And suddenly you look up and you've won the league, you've got promotion and you've won goalkeeper of the year. And I think if I'd have concentrated on those things first, I never would have been in that position. And I think that's, that's well said to just take it step by step. And if we look back at your current season, you were very successful as we have talked about um, early in this episode, goalkeeper of the year, eight clean sheets. I mean, I was looking at your, obviously we all follow each other on Instagram, but uh, I remember most of your posts was about new victory, new clean sheet. I remember mm. it was all over, um, which was awesome to follow because we obviously want for each other to have success. Um, now I'm thinking you have promoted to the third tire, um, mm. which is going to be a new challenge. As And we know in, in the daily life, we overcome obstacles but then there will be a new obstacle um, and then now you're going to play new teams you come in as a foreigner to to sweden not knowing the teams maybe and the swedes mm. on your team having some more knowledge on the teams that you're going to play um coming with the mindset that you have now mm. where obviously you 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 need to stay humble but also not just say we need to promote wide array um, maybe you need to just focus on staying within the third tier and then get some knowledge within the league and then within the next couple of years um, mm. then hopefully promote what is your mindset and also your team's mindset within promoting and then playing in a new and obviously better league yeah I think um, in terms of the team's mindset uh, I've been in quarantine here in Sweden since I arrived last week. I've actually had my last COVID test today, so I'm, I'm free to link up with the team this evening. So I'll actually be able to talk to them and actually really kind of get their understanding and, and what each kind of player and the management and the club want to do with the season. So I probably can't speak from their point of view, but from, from my personal point of view, like you say, it's an interesting um, situation when you come in from abroad and you don't know the teams as well and you don't know the leagues I've obviously done my research I know the type of teams we're coming up against but you have a different mentality straight away it's the exact same if I was playing in England and we were playing against a championship or a league one team there's automatically a little bit of not fear but oh okay they're a big club for me I know that in our league we've got some massive clubs that probably want to be in our Svenskan instead of in division one but I don't have that fear. I don't know them. I don't understand that kind of relationship between the clubs. So automatically for me, I kind of still have the same mentality that I had last year. I think we were underdogs to an extent last year and probably even more so this year, having gone up a division. But I still feel that we've got a very, very strong team. 
we've made some really good additions to it. And I know that the rest of my teammates share my mentality of it's going to be 11 against 11. And every time we go out, we go out to compete and we go out to, to win the game. So there's going to be a change, obviously. There's, there's a lot of travel with this year. We, we play a lot of teams across. I mean, we're in Division One North, but that North goes from PTO, where we are right down to Stockholm. So there's massive travel involved. There's some big clubs, um, great players that we'll be playing against. But I'm still very, very confident that with the mindset and the approach that we had last year, we can still upset, I think, what people expect from us. And um, again, from a personal point of view, I'll be looking to do exactly the same thing, not focusing on outcomes, not focusing on, on, on the objectives too much, but focusing on the action and focusing on the process. And by doing that, hopefully it comes out in a positive way with, with the goals that we want to achieve. Yeah, that's brilliant. And, and talking about the mentality, as you mentioned earlier, and just did now, it is it means so much, both as an individual, but also as a team, that you can't have anyone on your team that are above the team. Mm. You need you need to have the same kind of mindset. And it's tough. It's really mm. tough to have the mm. same mindset all across 11 or 14 or mm. even 18 players. So how do you try and share that uh try and share that mentality with your, with your teammates, because as a goalkeeper, you, you might not be the captain, but you're still a voice because you can mm. see mm. everything on the field. How do you, how do you try and share that uh, mentality? Mm. Um, I think, I'm, first of all, I'm very fortunate in the team and the teammates that I have. I've been in other teams in my career where I've had a similar approach. Obviously I've developed as an individual, but I've had a similar approach and the team just hasn't functioned in the same way. I think it was very special, the setup we had last year. And I think one of the main objectives of the club was to maintain that for this year because it was our, it was our strongest asset as a group of players. The maturity, the um, humbleness, like you say, the, the focus, the professionalism, uh, no one being above the team. Those are all very, very important factors. And, and like you say, as an individual who has a voice within the team, it's important that you maintain that type of culture. So I think automatically, whoever comes in, maybe that's new as a senior player or as a goalkeeper, as a leader, if, if that's your role, you need to help to demonstrate that culture and show that the culture is first and foremost, what the next players need to fit. The culture won't be adapted to suit them. They need to adapt to suit the culture. So, if there's a way that you can show that in a positive way, in a friendly way, in a, in a, um, in a professional way, I kind of use the approach of thinking, well, the first thing has to be my actions and the way that I can, uh, the way that I behave and the way that, uh, I kind of act with my other team, with my, within the club, I need to be as professional as possible. I need to be early to training. I need to give my all in every session because there's no point me telling other people what to do if I'm not doing it myself. So I need to live it first and foremost. And then afterwards, if you have the facility within the team as a leader, as a captain, if you are, or as a voice, you can then start to help the others. You can encourage the younger players. You can offer advice if it's there. You can listen to the older players. You can learn from the management and the club. Um, but I think first and foremost, it has to be through your actions and how you, can, uh, how you uphold yourself. And then after that, you can start to try and help others in different ways. And every person 
needs it in a different way. There may be one person that you need to literally shout at in terms of when you're playing um, really be kind of dominant in your talking because that's what they want and that's how, what helps them. For others, it might be a quiet word away from training or, or taking them for a coffee and having a chat and just getting to know them as a person. Everyone operates in different ways. And I think as leaders, if that's the role that you want to take, I think you need to be open to that fact and try and adapt the way that you communicate in order to suit each individual. Yeah, and I think as, as goalkeepers, um, as we are, it's expected that we are leaders because mm. as you both guys mentioned that we are, we are the voice behind it. We can see the whole pitch, right? So, so we need mm. to communicate to the outfield players and also go in front and, and show that, that we can handle whatever comes, comes in front of us, right? And I was actually mm. thinking now that you have started your professional career, you have played in different countries now. Mm. Last time we talked, we talked about your path to pro. Now mm. we are talking a little bit more about how it is while you are a pro. And I, I remember I saw a video on Matt Sheldon, mm. which is a YouTuber as well as, as yourself mm. playing in, in America, where he, he created a, a video about uh, the differences on trying to become a pro and then being a pro. And he actually mentioned that it, it's tougher to maintaining a pro career than it was for him to get the, his first pro contract. So looking back, back at it, he actually said the easy part was getting his first contract. Mm. And now the tough part is obviously to, to maintain it. Um, and then I want to ask you because obviously I'm still in, con uh, in college and, mm -hmm. and Alexander mm. is looking for a club. Mm. You are with a club. Mm. Um, do you share that mindset that Matt Sheldon shared in his YouTube video? Yeah, I think so. And I think in terms of my, um, my path to it, like you said, and like we talked about in the last episode, I almost had that exact lesson taught to me with my first professional contract that I got when I was 18, 19 at Macclesfield. And I was a third choice goalkeeper but I used to turn up to training at 10 a.m., go home at half 12, one, and that was it. It wasn't that I thought I'd made it. It wasn't that I was big-headed. It was just that I thought that was all I had to do. And then suddenly that opportunity disappears and I have to work my way up from the bottom again. I have to go to university like you're doing now, Marcus, in college. I then have to try and find a club like Alexander's doing that right now. I then have to get that opportunity and take that opportunity and perform when I get given that opportunity. So I think I was taught that lesson quite early through my path. And I think what Matt's talking about is the fact that the opportunity can come whenever you, uh, when you least expect it, like it did with me in Sweden, like we touched on earlier. I always talk about the fact that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So that opportunity will come. If you're ready for it and if you've prepared, then you might get that break. And I hope, that it happens to everyone that tries. I hope that it continues happening for me, that it happens for you, Marcus, that it happens for Alexander and everyone listening. But then the real test is when it has happened, can you maintain it, like you say? And that is only done through making sure that you're always looking to improve every single day, whether you're a pro or whether you're chasing a contract. If you're trying to get better every single day, you've got a great chance of sustaining it. And then ultimately performance. I know it sounds 
probably brutal, but we are in a game and we're in a position where our performance is under a lot of scrutiny. And again, it links back to what I said before. If you are fearful of that, and if you're worried of the fact that oh, I need to keep a clean sheet every day just to keep my pro contract, I think you'll paralyze yourself. If you can get into a mindset where you're always looking to get better, you're always looking to prove and you improve and you live your life to do that, but you focus on the process and you trust that process, whether it's a good performance or a bad performance, you know that the curve is going to be positive and you're going to keep moving up that curve. So I understand what Matt's saying and it is by no means easier to, to get there, but to stay there is another challenge and it's a different challenge. Um, but if we didn't like challenges, we wouldn't have been a goalkeeper in the first place. So I think it's something that we all enjoy and kind of embrace. Yeah, uh, I agree with uh, with challenges and being a goalkeeper because that's that's what I love uh, challenges every exactly. day. Yeah, and it and it's actually made me think of of a quote, or maybe more even a mindset that I really follow. That the 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 mindset is proud but never satisfied, and mm. it's really that you can be proud that you that you got the contract, mm. but never satisfied in the way that you need to improve every single day and, and get better um, mm. and that's just highlight what you just said about and, and enjoying that process yeah. like you said yeah, exactly if you put all the um if you put all the satisfaction on signing that that literal piece of paper it's material it's gone as soon as you've signed it you think oh that's great what next if you put the satisfaction in like you say the process and the work that you do every day, if that's what fulfills you, if that's what motivates you, if that's what you enjoy, you're much more likely to sustain it over a longer period of time. It's an internal source of motivation rather than an external source of signing on a dotted line or getting a big club or getting a glove sponsorship or getting a nice car. Those things disappear. They're not real. What's real and what is lasting is like you say, Marcus, that if you love, love that routine and if you love that process and you love that daily effort of getting better, if that's what you enjoy and that's what you chase, you'll go for as long as you want to go because it's, it's within you, which is the most important thing. Yeah, that's uh, the love the process, love the challenges, love the, the position. Uh, yeah, be exactly. A, be a nerd, if you yeah, can say yeah, that. Yeah. Nerd in a good way, of yeah. course. Uh, that's what... We all are here, us talking in this podcast, because we make, not just because we make content about it, but we try to make interesting content about it. Mm. And, mm. and talking about interesting content, uh, usually now we ask our guests what their favorite gloves are and why, because we call <laughs> gloves on, but we got that answer last time. Yeah. You have Kalia gloves and you yeah. still have them, I see. So Yeah, I've seen you trying them as well. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant. <laughs> I've talked to Kenny as well, and we're working something out. But yeah. Shout out Kenny and Kalia. Yeah. But this time we're going to talk about, as I just mentioned, content. So talk a little bit mm. about your vlog series, Keeping Goals. And mm. you just started season five. Mm. Briefly, the purpose behind it uh, and why you do it. Mm. And I could, I could think that why you do it is uh, to show others, but also to learn a lot because I've learned a lot from watching myself all the time. Mm. Uh, mm. So yeah, talk, talk us through it briefly. Yeah, so uh, uh, Keeping Goals is 
a vlog series that I do on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Connor O'Keefe. And it's something that we've done since 2017. It's a project that I've done with uh, one of my best friends from university, Johnny Wong. And together we kind of made it to document my journey in initially my attempt to try and become a professional goalkeeper. And now documenting my journey as a professional goalkeeper, trying to play at the highest level of the game possible. And the reason behind it was we wanted to kind of show younger goalkeepers what it's like to try and become a professional, to, to be a professional. A lot of us have seen things like the Ronaldo film or the Conor McGregor film, and they're, they're amazing pieces of content. But you know that they make it. You know that they succeed. We thought it'd be great to document a series and create content where neither you as the viewer nor myself as the person within the content know what's going to happen. And neither of us know what the outcome's going to be, whether we make it as a professional, whether we make it to the Champions League, or whether we never get anywhere in the first place. So it was important to document a journey and show the ups and the downs as they happen, be very truthful, be very honest, and try and bring as much value as possible. So show what I learn, um, try and impart some of the knowledge that I've gained growing up playing in goal and I'm still learning now as a goalkeeper for goalkeepers of all ages whether that's you guys or whether that's um, a six-year-old girl that wants to be a goalkeeper whoever it is if we can try and bring them some value with the with the content that was the aim so um, yeah it's been amazing I can't believe that it's been kind of I think four years this will be our fourth year doing it now we're in series five each series kind of documents each season that I'm playing with a with a team um, and it's been amazing the response that we've had. Um, it was never, it was, for us, it was never about numbers. It was never about getting subscribers or, or views. But the fact that so many people have resonated with it and kind of joined the journey and, and watched the content is, is brilliant. And it's amazing that we can give value to that many people. So hopefully this year, again, it'll be a really interesting season. Um, like Marcus said before, it's going to be an interesting league. We're going to be playing some cool teams, uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of match day vlogs and, and still all the kind of other stuff that we do. So hopefully people will really enjoy it. And I'm excited to see what happens in this season of it because season four was, was a very enjoyable one. Yeah, and, and we certainly enjoy it. I, I personally watch them every week, both for, for learning and just because it's a really good, 20 30 minutes whatever it is uh, and you, and also as inspiration for my own developing youtube career if you can say that but also mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. goalkeeping is such a, a niche mm -hmm. and and the fact that you have 41.8k uh youtube subscribers is is crazy so so connor thank you for being on this podcast thank you for making the content that you do it is really appreciated and you are well respected in the gk union um, my former goalkeeper coach, Pro GK Academy, loves what you do. So hmm. that is one big guy who says that he loves it. So Connor, once again, thank you. No, thank you very much for having me, guys. And and like you say, we're quite a close community. Each of us know each other pretty well. And I've really enjoyed seeing what you guys are doing. It's been amazing to follow the podcast. <clears throat> I've learned so much from the different guests you've had, you've had on. So the fact that you've invited me on and invited me back, that's um, something I'm very, very grateful for. So keep smashing it with everything that you're doing both on and off the pitch, both of you. So, um, no, thank you very much. Yeah, Connor, and same to you. Good luck in the upcoming season. And guys, you can follow Connor's season on his YouTube, Instagram, Facebook as Connor O'Keefe, his name, and then make sure to follow Marcus as 
goalkeeper day, myself is Danish goalkeeper, and of course the podcast is Gloves on Podcast. Connor, thank you for coming on, and guys, catch you next week.